0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Wow, I was so moved by that worship right there. We could, we could just stop it right there. Real quick, how many of y'all were with us last night for our New Year's Eve word of the Lord? I promise you I will try my best to not cry this morning. At one point I I, I was approached after the service and someone thought that I was about to vomit. I assure you that was not the case. The Lord was touching my heart. I was hunched over. (laughs) It was such a just a wonderful evening that we had. First and foremost the word of the Lord that we received last night. What an on time prophetic powerful anointed word. And, and so I just, again, I celebrate, you know, my dad, Bishop, just for giving that word and, and really setting us on course for where we're going this year. Because this is going to be an, a phenomenal year, I tell you that much. And uh, we just, it, it was a great night of celebration. Again, thank you all for all the, the love and the encouragement for me and, uh, and my wife. And I'm so glad I get to do it together with my wife. She's giving me a thumbs up. Get the spotlight off me. We had so many friends and family and guests that were with us last night. And so we, we were so humbled and honored to have so many people come out and be a part of this celebration as we step into the senior leadership. And uh, we have some, some friends that are even with us this morning. Uh, I, I got to celebrate my good friend, Raleigh Hurst, who's with us on the front row all the way from Indiana. I love you. I appreciate you more than you could ever imagine. Um, and then, of course, Brother John's back in the house with us this morning. <laughs> Sir, you are a general through and through. I honor you and I celebrate you. Um, I got to share this story. The other night we were having dinner and, um, and, we, and we were there and in the middle of the dinner, he just starts just like, like just speaking life. And so the waiters were coming out with our meals. And I mean, we, we've got like some hot, tasty Big old thick cut steaks re- ready to be placed on the table. But he started giving a prophetic word at the table. And let me tell you, there's nothing like spiritual meat. They don't touch natural meat. But I love this. This general right here, this guy comes out with it and he said, he didn't even look at him. He said, hold on, Sonny, for a second. <laughs> he gave that word and man, it just lit a fire at the table. I said, only a general in the faith can say, hold on, Sonny, for a second. But, but sir, I honor you, I celebrate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us this morning. Um, it, it really means a lot. And then, of course, been able to have the privilege to meet your grandson, Jason, his beautiful wife, uh, Jessica, and I know that God's doing a great thing through the ministry. And if I can, real quick, Jason, I want you to come up and greet the people this morning. Wow, wow. Glory be to God. This is a powerful place. The atmosphere is electric. This is only my second time to be here um, in this this campus with you all. And I'm so moved by the the word of God last night. I'm so moved by what God is doing. And I'm so moved by the excitement that everyone here has that we're not just going to settle for being in the presence, but we're people and there are people here that wanna take the presence out into the world and see the city and the nation transformed. It's powerful. It's so powerful what you have right here. And I'm so excited to be with you during this new chapter. Greater things are ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a great day. It's New Year's Day. You excited to be at church this morning? I'm excited to be at church this morning. I want to get into this, this word today. Man, the Lord has just been, been, been stirring up inside of me really for several months uh, as um, I've had the opportunity to sit with, with Bishop. And uh, a lot of times uh, what, what takes place is before we even get to the month of December preparing for the new year. Um, we'll sit down and we'll start start dialoguing about you know what the Lord has put in Bishop's heart and, and then from there we'll just start praying and, and 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 just asking God you know what does this look like and we, it's amazing how the vision for that word the, and, and how God moves and it begins to expand and expand and expand and, uh, and this year when we sat down it was like right away it was like a like a bomb went off and uh, man we just felt like the Lord was just just doing some amazing things. And uh, we knew that the Lord was going to speak very strongly through the word as we received last night. And again, if you weren't here last night, uh, go back online. Get this word dialed into your heart and into your spirit. Because I'm telling you, if there ever was a word for this year, it was the word that we heard last night. And so um, I'm excited about that. But, but as these last couple months have been going, the Lord's just been, been stirring it up inside of me. And, uh, and I was excited. I was, so, I was so glad too, by the way, because um, I, I wanted to wake up fresh this morning to give the word. And I was so worried that last night all the pyromaniacs in my neighborhood were going to be setting off fireworks. And I said, Lord, if I could have one New Year's prayer answered, let there be a silence across the community. I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if you can do some pretty wild miracles, let the miracle of silence come upon our neighborhood. I'll give them grace for 10 minutes, but after 10 minutes, let it be a mute button on the TV. And kid you not, by 1210, 1215, not a peep in the sky. I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm closing my eyes. And I got up this morning and I got stirred up about this word that I want to share with you today. And it's amazing because as the word was given last night, I actually wrote out the message before we heard the word of the Lord. And, and, and I didn't even know all the, all the things that was going to be communicated last night. And we got into to one point where you were talking about the four quarters, the four seasons of this year. And I said, my God. My God, if that, if that does not line up with where we're going to be stepping into today, believing that God's going to do greater. So with that in mind, I want to quickly turn our attention this morning to the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 13. You know what, actually, I want to pull it back to verse 11 because I want you to see something and, and, and it'll, it'll play into the, to the message as we go on, but... I'm reading out of the NIV this morning, Joshua chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 11, and uh, we're we're going to read a few lines of text this morning. And the Bible says this in verse 11. The day after the Passover, the very day, they ate some of the produce of the land. This is the promised land. Unleavened bread and roasted grain, the manna stopped. The day after they ate this food from the land, there was no longer any manna. For the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. That year they no longer feasted on what was. That year a new thing took place and they feasted on what was promised long ago. As the text continues in verse 13, it says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho... He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let me give you just a couple more lines in the second verse of chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see. Somebody say see. He said, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Along with its king and its fighting men march around the city once with all the armed men do this for six days Have the seven priests carry the trumpets of the rams horns in front of the ark on the seventh day March around the city seven times and with the priests blowing the trumpets when you hear the sound of the long blast on The trumpets have the whole army give a loud shout. Does anybody got a loud shout that they can give this morning? Now, watch this last line. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone, straight in. The army will go up and straight in. If I could speak to you from just a simple title this morning, I titled today's message Going Higher. Going Higher. Going Higher. How many know that this year God wants us to go higher? Why? Because when we go higher, we've got a greater vantage point to see. This year, the Lord wants to see. He wants us to see. He wants us to be able to see what he has prepared for us. He wants us to see a greater glory. This year he wants us to see our marriages restored. This year he wants us to see our children that are far from God encounter God. This year he wants us to see that we can walk prosperous, that we can be victorious, that we can be all that God has called us to be. This year God wants us to see, but it starts when you're willing to go higher. Somebody say, I'm going higher. But in order to go higher, in order to be greater, we got to look at a few things that took place in the life of Joshua in order for him to go higher. And so I just want to share with you this morning four simple thoughts about how we can go greater so that we can go higher. Four simple thoughts because the reality is this, is that if we go back to verse 13... The Bible says, now when Joshua was near Jericho, when Joshua was near Jericho, I came to tell you this morning that greatness wasn't when they stepped into the promised land. Greatness was when they stepped into Jericho. And he was near Jericho, but he had not stepped into Jericho What I came to tell you this morning is that you can be near greatness but never step into greatness. And there has to come a point when you begin to recognize that you've got the power of God that is on your side and when you're on his side and when you're locked in with the word of the Lord that you can step into every great and precious promise that God has prepared for your life. A greater glory. And I say, God, I don't want to get near greatness. I want to step into greatness. What happened in the life of David when he came out to the battle line when we saw the Philistines going up against the Israelites There were, the Israelites were near the Philistines, but no one stepped up to a Philistine. Then all of a sudden, a young shepherd boy by the name of David said, hold on a second. I'm not going to get near victory. I'm willing to step up to victory. So what did he do? He went to the river and he pulled himself out some stones and he said, I'm going to go against this giant. I'm here to tell you this year, there might be giants that rise up, but there's no giant too big for our God and the God that's inside of you. He was willing to step up. He was willing to step in so that God could step out. I'm not trying to get near a promise. I'm not trying to get near greatness. I'm stepping into it this year. This year. Somebody say this year. So if you're going to step into it, isn't that ironic that the first quarter we have to get into position? Until you're willing to step and get into position, you're never going to see anything change. You got to step up, you got to step out, you got to step in. Don't just get near Jericho. It's time for us to step in and know that we can conquer the Jerichos that stand before us because we are greater. I said we are greater. The next thing that happened is, as, as, as the text reads on, it says that, that Joshua was near Jericho, but then he looked up and he saw a man. Church, can I tell you this morning... This wasn't just any ordinary man. In fact, this wasn't even an angel. This wasn't one of the Lord's angels. Because anybody that bows down in worship before someone means that they must be somebody. And that somebody was Jesus. On this day, Joshua had an encounter with Jesus. And you can get near your promise wanting to step into it, but you got to look up and see that it is Jesus that is with you Jesus that is for you and it's only when you look up things will begin to change so I got to get in a position but until I look up and recognize that it is Jesus that is the one that wants me to be greater things are not going to change you can have so much encouragement and excitement to get into this year wanting to go on the 21 days of fasting but what are you fasting for the purpose of a fast is to draw close to God And it's not just 21 days, although that's the time that we're setting aside this year. God wants you to draw close to him every day. He wants you to look at him every day. Which begs to ask the question, do you only look to him on Sundays? Are we only in love with Sundays? Are we only in love with services? Are we truly in love with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Because when I'm looking to Jesus, I'm not letting anything take my focus off of him. The Bible said that he looked up. He looked up and he he saw a man. This year we need to look up and see Jesus. This year we need to look up and get our focus back on Christ. That Christ is the center of it all. Culture is not the center of it all. Politics is not the center of it all. World economics is not the center of it all. Christ is the center of it all. So who is the Christ? Who is the anointed one? He is our healer. He is our provider. Come on now. He is our way maker. He is our peace. He is our helper. He is our guide. He is the present help in time of need. If you want to be greater, get your focus back on Jesus this year. Because in the second quarter, if we can get into position and look to Jesus, now don't wait to the second quarter to look to Jesus, but I'm just telling you, when you can look to Jesus, things begin to change. Things begin to change. Things begin to change. Things that were broken will begin to be healed and restored. Things that were off track will suddenly come back into alignment. Job promotions that you thought were never even possible will become possible when you begin to look to Jesus. Favor will come upon your life. Breakthrough will come upon your life. Why? Because you're looking to Jesus and not to the world. I got to get my focus on the Lord. God has to be a priority of our lives, of our families, of our church, for our future. Hear that again. God has to be the priority of our life. You must take ownership of your relationship with the Lord first. You first and foremost. With your family Second, then with your church for your future. A lot of times people come in and they say, I made my church my priority. Well, are you giving your church the best and your family the rest? Give your family the best and the church will be blessed. Give your families the best and the church will see the greatest blessing it's ever experienced. Why? Because we're blessed to be a blessing Isaiah again, 43 says, don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. It is going to spring up. As I was preparing to come up, the Lord put this on my heart this morning. And we've been sharing about the, the statement that's been made that one generation's ceiling comes the next generation's floor. And I've always said this, that means if one generation's ceiling is the next generation's floor, then we're not here to be a single-story building. God's calls us to re rising up as a skyscraper. We must go higher. We're going higher. God wants every area of your life to go higher. But as I, I was thinking about that statement this morning, and I always laugh, too, because we still are getting the questions. And, you know, as much as, uh, you know, me and my dad, we can try and, um, you know, keep everybody in an in a, in a, in a understanding place. My parents are not going anywhere. Can, can, I'm just going to say this. And those that are watching, Bishop Rick and Pastor Kathy, they're not going anywhere. Because if they were to go somewhere, then you would have just stripped the foundation from where we're supposed to build upon. But we have to stop looking at the foundation and start looking from the foundation. And if you're not careful, you're gonna keep looking at the past, looking at what was, rather than looking from it and seeing that we're going higher. Joshua looked up. He looked up and he had an encounter with Jesus. But now watch this. I love this statement. And this just comes or, or goes to show you how awesome Christ is in the middle of this passage. Because Joshua asked him, Are you for us or for our enemies? Watch this, Jesus is so boss right here. He says, neither. I'm not for you, I'm not for them. I'm for me. So you gotta make a decision. Are you on my side? And that's the problem. Many of us, we want Jesus on our side. We want Jesus to follow us rather than recognizing we're to follow him. What part do we not understand that he goes before us? Oh, no, but, 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 but we want to go before him until we fall into a, a problem or a situation. Then we want him to help us out of that. No, you go before me. So I love it. He says, I'm not for them. I'm not for you. I'm for me. I came to ask you today, whose side are you on? Because there's only going to be one of two sides. It's either going to be the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of his son's love. And I've made a decision in my life, I'm going to be on the side of Jesus. I'm on Jesus' side. That's what I love that it says in our, in our scripture for this year, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Those who turn to the Lord, the veil will be removed. Those who turn to Jesus, not when Jesus turns to you. Jesus is waiting on us to turn to him. So that he can show us how to go higher and how to be greater and how to experience a greater glory. It's when I turn to him. And the interesting thing about turning to him means I can no longer have me and have him. It's got to be all of him and less of me. Third quarter, character. Third quarter, identity. Third quarter, authenticity by the third quarter the world's going to be looking to see is the church really all in with Jesus is the church really turned to him or are we just turning for the moment but we're not here for a moment the church as we heard has called to be a movement you are a move of God say this morning I am a move of God so the first thing is we have to understand that we have to step into greatness. The only way you're going to step into greatness is when you look to Jesus. But when I look to Jesus, i got to turn to him. i got to give him all of myself this year. I believe that this year, when we turn to him fully, serving the Lord and not hoping for the Lord to serve us, we'll see greater breakthrough. To be all in this year, It's time that we as the church are not walking in any level of hypocrisy, that we have to be pure. We have to understand that holiness has to come back into the house of God. We're called to be set apart. We're not called to look like the world. We're not called to act like the world. You have to draw the line and say enough is enough. I have standards. There are godly standards and holy standards. And it's not about being legalistic and it's not about trying to force religion, but it's about understanding that I am not going to look like the world. I'm going to look like the king of kings and the lord of lords if I'm going to be a witness. We got to stop hypocrisy. We got to stop manipulation. We got to stop walking in fear. We got to stop acting in pride. We get a moment where we get I'm so spiritual. Just because we stepped into a role of senior pastors, I don't look at myself as being any greater or any better. It is a, 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 a humble responsibility that the Lord has entrusted my wife and I to steward. Because at the end of the day, the church is not me. The church is not any one of you individually. The church is us together. And together we're greater. And so when we are willing together to turn completely to God. Watch how revival begins to usher back in and sweep through the lands and sweep through the communities. Watch how watch how people that, that, that said, I give up on God start calling on God. Watch how the atheists and the agnostics and all the people that said, we're not going to have anything to do with this, begin to all of a sudden turn to the King of Kings. Turn to Jesus because there was a church that was willing not to compromise. There was a church that was willing to say, I'm going to be steadfast in this thing because I'm all in with Jesus we got to be willing to turn to the Lord and then I love this I just want to read this last this last line this morning because he says this in verse 15 the commander of the Lord's army replied take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy take off your sandals, take off your sandals, take off your sandals. Now, 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 this is such a powerful phrase because in this moment as Jesus is encountering Joshua, Joshua had not yet had an encounter like Moses did. This is the first moment that Joshua had encountered the presence of the Lord to the point where he was asked to take off his sandals. Moses was asked that in Exodus chapter 4. But in this moment, Joshua had assumed new leadership moving forward with the mission that God had for the children of Israel. And he says, take off your sandals. Those who turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Joshua, if you're turning to me in this moment, Take off your sandals, take off the veil, take off the very thing that would separate you from my presence. And for some of us this year, we got to take off the sandals. Why the sandals? Did you know for 40 years while the Israelites wandered, God sustained them in several ways. He gave them water on tap. He gave them free Instacart of manna and quail. And he gave him shoes that would never wear out. But I believe that this was very intentional of what God did because he was trying to show Joshua, for 40 years, I sustained you. Listen, it's easy to get comfortable and trust things that are provided for you, things that are given to you, things that you don't have to work for but now God is saying listen I'm, you're about to enter into a promised land and I want to I want you to see what I can do through you take off your take off what was for a moment take off these sandals take them off why because when you take off your sandals it's a sign of surrender when my shoes are off, man, my feet, I can feel this platform a little bit better, which means my feet are a little more sensitive. You ever go about a long day and you're wearing your shoes and you get home, what's the first thing you wanna do is take them off? Some of you people that are really crazy about keeping a clean house want you to take them off at the front door. We tried it, it does not work, especially with a one and a three-year-old. I just find random shoes all over our house, picking them up all day long. But what happens, because when you're at home, you're safe. When you're at home, you're comfortable. When you're at home, you know that no matter what, what's beneath your feet, it's a place of protection. Why? Because when Joshua took off his sandals, he was in the presence of God. When you take off your shoes, your feet are more sensitive. God wants us to be more sensitive to his presence this year. He wants you to be so much more sensitive to his presence this year. Some of us, we gotta take off these veils so that we can get into the presence of God and be sensitive to what God wants to do in our life and through our life. He wants you to be sensitive to his presence. He wants you to be in his presence because here is the blind. Of text that the Lord blew me away with take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy Joshua did so the very next chapter then the Lord said see I've delivered Jericho into your hands his sandals was a type in shadow he had to take off his sandals to get in God's presence so that when he went to Jericho to take down the wall he could take possession of his promise The wall was another veil, but without God's presence, you can't get God's promise. And we want the promises of God, but it starts when you get the presence of God. In the fourth quarter, if we're going to step into next level prosperity, it's not going to be but the fact that you are willing to be sensitive and get into God's presence. When I'm in God's presence... Now I'm positioned for God's promises. I'm positioned to prosper. I'm positioned to prevail. I'm positioned to be all that God's called me to be because now I'm going higher, experiencing greater. Take off the sandals. Get alone with God for a little bit. Get in his presence. Experience what he wants to do in your life. And watch how greater things take place. I want to just close with this last thought this morning. Because we read here that when Joshua took off the sandals, the Lord said, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. But verse 5 says how it was going to happen. He gave instructions of how to walk around the walls, what would take place over the next several days. And the last line, though, is, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. God wants you to go up. He wants you to go up. But here's how you're going to go up. You need to stop looking at the walls as an obstacle. I used to watch the show a lot, not so much now, but I have a great appreciation for it. It's called American Ninja Warrior. Anybody like that? How people can do half the stuff that they do, I don't even know. So I was watching this one episode, a short little guy went through the entire uh, obstacle course. I mean, he was doing some crazy stuff. I mean, I'd be the guy that like in the first leg, when you had to like, just like jump, I'd already be falling into the water. Wouldn't happen for me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know the show, right? They go through all these crazy obstacles, you know, they, they, they get to the, you know, all of the climb stuff that they're doing, it's crazy. But the very last thing if they make it all the way to the end, is there's this really high wall. And the objective is to get to the top of that wall, pull yourself up and hit the completion button. So I'm watching this show, uh, at this one point, and this, and this, this, I mean, this guy was short, I mean, he was little. Like little, little. I thought it was a child at first. That would have been even more amazing. So this right here just sh- goes to show you when I get to the end of this story that there's hope and grace for all of us short guys. So he gets through this whole obstacle and he's, and he's exhausted and he's, and he's tired and, and, and he's sweating and, and his time clock, because it's timed, right? There's a time limit to it. The time's starting to, to run out. And he has to make a decision. Am I going to try and get to the top? And in this moment, he looked at this high wall. He took a breath. He regrouped himself. He took a step back. And he began to run full force. And he scaled that wall and got to the top with one second left and hit the completion button big celebration family was there the announcer guy comes out and says man how did you even do that i mean that that wall was too big how how did you even conquer that there's i mean that's a big obstacle and he said but that's it right there i didn't look at the wall as an obstacle i saw it as an opportunity this year if you're going to be greater Stop allowing the walls of the past to be obstacles for your future and start seeing them as opportunities. Behold, I wanna do a new thing. Do you not see it? What do you see? Joshua, what do you see now? See, I've already delivered the enemy into your hands. Church, see, I've already delivered the enemy into your hands, see? I've already caused you to go to a higher place because you're experiencing a greater glory because you were willing to get into my presence and you got into my presence because you were willing to turn to me, you were willing to look to me, you weren't willing just to get near to me, but to step into my presence and see that I can do greater in your life. This year, you have to make a decision. Will it be an obstacle? Will 2023 be an obstacle or will it be an opportunity to see a greater glory? But I know this, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and see a greater glory. For abundant life in our house, we will see a greater glory. This will be our best year. This will be our greatest year. 2023, we will be greater because we're going higher. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.